Welcome to the Mindful Surfer podcast with myself, Will Foster, and my co-host, Liam Morgan. How are you, mate? Hello. Uh, I am, uh, I'm very well. They have changed my seat in the lovely Sidvale, Sid Valley Radio, where we're recording the show. And so what usually has some arms on it where I can sort of sit in uber comfort, uh, I'm sort of just perched on there. So uh, if you hear a, a dull thud during the show... I've fallen off the chair, uh, which on a scale of things to fall off, probably somewhere in between a surf skate on the seafront and a barreling wave in Morgan Porth. Somewhere in between, not on a pain threshold. Somewhere in between. <laughs> surfers and seating, they don't necessarily go hand in hand. When you've driven, I mean, most surfers have to dry to the beach. Yeah. Even cycles, not great. Anything that rounds the lower back like that mm. and tightens the hips. Yeah. It's horrendous pre-surf. Completely. And yet it's probably the main pre-surf ritual yeah. of surfers around the globe, arguably. Um, and then we just get out of the car yep. or off the bike and straight in the ocean. Yep. Where we attempt to overcorrect that curvature of the spine and <coughs> that happens, doesn't it? Is it? Actually, I never really thought of it in that uh, context. When you sit, yeah. you deactivate and tighten all of the muscles you need to be strong and loose, yep. which is... You tighten your hips and you, your glutes switch off. Mm. So the two most important bits in your whole surfing session are being made to feel tighter and weaker from, from sitting down. And it's kind of, all it takes is just a few lunges. I mean, literally like half a minute yeah. to a minute and that's it, you're away. Yeah. But it's kind of this thing we've discussed before, which is not caring what you look like on the beach. And that's a, that's a big thing. Like even my wife earlier today, we were just walking through the buys. This is a little walkway we have here. And I was just in bare feet um, walking along and we talk about the, the benefits of grounding. And uh, she was like, oh yeah, maybe I'll do the same. So go on, go for it. Go for it. She said, oh, but I just worry what people think about me walking with, with bare feet. And I'm like, honey, just go for it. So she did. And she said, actually, it felt really good. I've had like... Um, Massively. I've had like niggling knees and tight necks and little issues. And if I get my feet on the ground, it does seem to go away. It's like a real... Dr. McCullough talks about grounding a lot. Yeah, and Tony Riddle, who oh, we're big nice. fans of. Yeah, with he bare, does, doesn't he? The, you know, and very much, very much a sort of barefoot enthusiast. There's two bits there, isn't there? One is the, what would we do if we weren't so worried about what other people... Isn't it an incredible thing, particularly in the surf world as well, of so much of our energy is put onto the concern around what other people think of us. And it's crazy. And it holds us back, mm-hmm. holds us back from doing some of the things that we really enjoy. So Al might like walking around in bare feet. And why not? Because it feels fantastic. And I, I've had it even with my middle boy. He loves walking around in bare feet. And I find myself going, no, you can't go out like that. You can't. And then there's a little element said, well, why not? If he wants to mm. walk around in bare feet, why am I putting shoes? As long as he's careful. But if you walk past someone, even though we all live, we live, well, we are lucky enough to live in a beach town and you can sort of get, you know, you're going up and down from the beach. Uh, you get away with bare feet, but it's still, you get a look, don't you? Mm. If, you if your kids are walking around without shoes it's like we do provide shoes for our children but they choose one of them is choosing not to wear them right now and maybe he's the same one and again we've sort of lockdown uh, has helped me as a bit of a desk dweller when i'm working to embrace some of the stuff that tony's talking about where i don't have it i don't sit on a chair mm. i put the laptop low down probably talked about this in an early episode which is we were entering this phase and squat mm. sit in the sit in a squat mm. position as we would have done round a fire hundreds it's, of it, millions of years ago it's really cool how much you've taken on a whole new lifestyle in the last like six months to a year because i've known you mm. two three years properly mm. and i've worked with a tremendous amount of clients who've had yeah. kind of desk backgrounds desk jobs mm. in that way and the way in which you've transformed the the, the mindset you have around your self-care is, is phenomenal. You're realizing the true key to being well is the constant, consistent, little and often bits that you can do throughout your day. 
little bit of water here. Sit into that posture when you do work on your computer for a bit and then change into that one. And then on to, you know, chewing your food a little bit more slowly, whatever it might be. I don't know. Just admit it's so many, the day mm. is fascinating in how it's broken into these tiny, tiny bits. Yeah. And each bit is another opportunity to decide to either stay in that autopilot yeah. that you're in, maybe not feeling great, or two, kind of wake up and go, whoa, hang on, I'm feeling a bit sluggish or something. I need to maybe, I'm feeling a bit stressed. I need to take some deep breaths. There's always a first aid. Just always, always know this, both in or out of the ocean, there is a first aid for your body to feel even just only, might only be a little bit, bit better, but there is a first aid at every single second in the day of how you feel. It's just about tuning into that body and listening to it. You know, in the same way that we talk about this thing about not caring what people think, and that is definitely the goal. It's interesting because it's also not the goal because we discussed this at great length. There's more ego in saying, I just don't care and I never care in some ways than kind of showing your vulnerability, showing yourself to be human. And in doing so, clearly you've made yourself very aware of the fact that you do care about what people think. So in a way, it's paradoxical. If I'm able to go, no, no, I do. I do really care what people think. It happens on a regular basis every single day. I get triggered. I get this, I have that, da, da, da. Except because I'm so aware of it, I'm so honest about talking about it. And therefore, I'm working through it all the time, letting it go or talking to someone or the mindfulness of being the mindful surfer. We've discussed this many times. It's not, oh, I'm a mindful surfer. (laughs) What it is, is noticing when you haven't been. The, The act of mindfulness itself is in noticing your bullshit coming up. That's how it needs to come up. It it comes up and comes out because it needs to. That's why it's doing it in that moment. So if you find yourself getting annoyed by someone in the surf, which is a very regular trigger, I'll be the first to admit that I have that, that starts to happen. There's nothing wrong with you. No. We have this thing where, oh, there must be something wrong with me if I'm getting angry or upset or annoyed or worried or there's something wrong with me. You know what I mean? Particularly when we're trying to explore and navigate and practice mindful techniques. Mm Mm-hmm. Because it comes back to the sort of labeling issue, doesn't it? Of saying, well, I'm mindful now. I'm a mindful surfer. You know, we've got the podcast. <laughs> we've even got a t-shirt. We've got two t-shirts <laughs> and uh, a couple of hoodies. And it says mindful surfer on there. And so in a way, there is a label attached to that, obviously. But what we're talking about here is that that is actually just a bringing of awareness mm. to our human condition of negativity, bias, worry, uh, anxiety of the future about the future and regrets and concerns about what may or not have happened, may or may not have happened in past experiences and so on and so forth. And so the mindful bit to it is absolutely that. I totally agree. It's an exploration and a constant trying to mm. bring yourself back to the center and to trust that it's all right. It's totally okay. Totally do. It's just okay. I and- do this thing where I like any surfer, will have really kooky moments. You know, Kelly maybe has fewer and uh, someone else down the road might have more. Yeah. Who knows? But we're all going to have kooky moments, whatever they are. I mean, so again, it's just another label, but have these moments where you're maybe not in the flow, should we call it that? And you're not really harnessing the power and the wave and whatever. And I do this thing, it's fascinating how my ego works because I do this thing, it's, I call it dinosaur hands. Mm. So you see it like, you know, there's a, there's a number of sort of, just bear with me, kooky things that people do on surfboards when they're not quite in the flow of the wave. And it's things like they poo stance or too upright or too squat down or um, the hands start doing funny things. Now, my hands for years, my wife used to say it to me, she used to say at the beginning of my surfing, how many, 12, 13 years ago, and she'd say, you kind of do this funny thing with your hands, look, look a little bit like a T-Rex, like little mini T-Rex hands, they all come together. It's this really funny style. And it sometimes happens when I'm in the really, I'm not flowing on the wave at all. I did it the other day and I'm really out of the pocket and I'm trying to fight the flow like we all do on surfboards, especially in 
weaker waves. What I really need to do is just let go of the wave not having any power. I just need to just relax, just cruise again and whatever. But I wasn't, I was fighting and I do this thing with my hands and they all start coming close together. And then I got annoyed with myself for doing it. And I, and I, do, the, I do that and I clap my hands to, to stop it. And the hilarity in that is that like, it's okay. It's okay, Will, it's, it's all right. Like we all have egos. Now, the, the, the nice part of becoming more mindful to it is that you just gain awareness and therefore you can, you know, laugh about it, let it go or, or take an action step on it. And I think both are pretty wise. And next time I paddled out, I was laughing at it and letting it go. Although I was a little bit like, God, I, I think I care way too much about how I surf to other people, let's say. But in doing so, I'm being aware of it. And the awareness is the most important thing. It's not trying to get rid of thoughts, just... Be aware of them. That they come in and out. It's a human condition. That they come in and out. And then the next bit is the action step. And the action step, okay, relax again. And the next wave, it was it was just a case of ride the wave how the wave wants to be. There's so, I mean, you'll be listening to this, knowing full well what it's like to surf average waves, even worldwide, you know, including Oz and California and places, that waves aren't exceptional. They're not going to thrust you out down the line every single time. So there's going to be so many times where you just need to ah, just not worry at all about how that manoeuvre is going to be and just let, let it be. How does it feel? Yeah, how does it feel? And waves by then, because they, because of their scarcity sometimes and the inconsistency. That's a very good point. Very um, good point. That makes them precious. It's yeah. like all, all scarce things, uh, there's an attachment of preciousness to those. Precious by precious. Precious? The wave, the wave. <laughs> I can't get Liam onto Gollum again, everybody. I want you to comment in. Yeah. Let's get him on that again. I, Do a whole show in Gollum, dude. That was exceptional. I, I believe Andy Serkis went, Sir, Serkis, Serkis went to my um, college. There you go. There's a little Is fact. Is he the guy that does fact the voice? He does the voice. And uh. he does... Uh, he was in, he did Planet of the Apes as well. He's a really good sort of character actor for things that are then overlaid onto him, you know, or to become to become something else. That's gone at a digression. We're talking mm. about kids' book. What's going on with this show? Kids' books last week. Um, we like segments. character actors this week. Mm. All part of the rich tapestry of tapestry of life, of which surfing is a very important part to us. Mm-hmm. Anyway, going back onto. The, I'm sure we'll get onto bum holes eventually. We would. <laughs> but I was going to say, if we you want, if, we, if, if, we haven't talked you do, about you do. If you want to clap your own wave, then you can clap your own wave as well. I thought that's what you were doing. There you go, like a T Rex, like a T Rex. Jamie O'Brien. Went surfing in a T-Rex suit. He actually did it. He went full T-Rex. I went sort of T-Rex. I mean... He went full T-Rex. Yeah, Jamie O'Brien in a T-Rex suit. I worry about wearing a hood in the cold, but to put a full inflated T-Rex suit and then do pipeline is pretty impressive. 100%. But no, sort of circling back into that thing about how does it look, how does it feel, try not to give a shit what people think about you, is ever-evolving goal, isn't it? And Mm. it's not something that is achievable all of the time. It's just that reminder reminder that that's what we're all on this sort of path to try and do. To ultimately, uh, mission of the show as well, to make surfing or ocean going a much more joyful, mindful experience. Mm. So you're taking out the labels a little bit here and there, and we'll get onto some of the why la- sometimes labels help mm. develop, but mm. also why you know negative labels are not good. So you're kind of on that sort of journey of doing do, doing those things to make the whole experience enjoyable. And mm. so you're not worried about the image, the ego, the have you got the right stuff? Does it look right? Blah, blah, blah. And to just put a little bit of a smile on the faces of people who are off of things like mindfulness or meditation or Zen kind of philosophies because they think it's a bit too heavy, serious or otherwise. And actually, it's completely the opposite. It's mm. far from it. It's actually very upbeat or lighthearted sometimes because totally. it recognises the absurdity of taking some of the things that us humans grab onto mm. so seriously. 
it's very, very, very true. The thing about mindfulness that I find intriguing on that front is that there's no destination with it, like health, mm. health, happiness, mindfulness, any in, inner skill, trait, um, sense of well-being that you're trying to cultivate is ever moving mm. uh, and is not static, ever evolving, ever moving, ever changing. And there'll be times where you think, ah, oh, yeah, <laughs> I've got this shit sewn up. Mm. I've been surfing so mindfully lately, been performing at my best and the joints are feeling strong as and I've not been getting pissed off with anyone and I've just been fitting it into my lifestyle really nicely and it's all just sticking. And then you just get humbled all the time. No, the nature will do that to us, won't she? She'll, she'll kick her ass. Yeah. And the key is then just not judging yourself. I think there's this sort of this, I know I can be way too hard on myself and possibly one of my biggest work-ons, if not biggest, is that in my life. And I know it will still be maybe to the day I die. I think for a lot of us, it's that thing where it's just this kind of expectation upon myself to be much more well, happy constantly than I really believe. Now, because I am generally like that. I'm generally a very positive person, but just that what can come with that clearly is the ego that projects this idea that, oh no, I'm, I'm positive. So I, you know, I mustn't be negative and mustn't get upset or anything in between, right? And again, it does come back to that thing. What do people think of you? And like we're saying on the show, it's never that thing of trying to get rid or anything like that. It's just, it's just raise your awareness. Do it very, very gently. Do you know, it's very, kind to yourself. very, very true. I mean, you guys out there will probably appreciate this as well, is that when you do try and be upbeat, sometimes that's the wrong word for it, but when you, when you try and have a mindful approach and to give time to people and you, you kind of want to have a, let's call it a sunny disposition, which kind of is a good thing. It can be a burden as well, because that's then the expectation that everybody has of you. And life doesn't work in that way because even those people who appear to have on the outside of life, the external projection of a warm, outgoing, happy, go lucky, bring sunshine to every sort of situation type of kind of approach to the world can't sustain that 100% of the time. So it's if you are that person or you around those people, it's giving them space and time to not always have to wear that sort of coat. Very much so. And even on a performance front, because yeah. if you surf a local beach or even if you travel to surfing and you aren't at your best and people are seeing you not at your best, you know, just know that that's okay. Again, it's okay to be triggered by that. Like, like you build up this idea in your head about how good a surfer you are, maybe. Or how you aren't yeah. the other way too. I mean, whatever, whatever way it goes. But then if you aren't on that level on that given day, just allow that to be okay. Yeah. It's not easy to do, but it's well worth it. This is why mindfulness and surfing for me go so well together. Let's call it mindful. I mean, within mindfulness, there's a, we're talking about, you know, an array of stuff. Let's call it just for argument's sake right now. And surfing, again, covers a lot of things. But in terms of the fact that, as you're saying, Will, it isn't a destination. There's no point you get to where you, you get your hand on the flag and you go, da da, there, I've got it. Yeah. I think that's it. I like that. I've reached I'm, mindful I'm surf nirvana. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then somebody comes and takes the flag from you. But it's like the ocean. You know, you arrive just using our beaches. You're, there's an easterly, it's pumping, there's great waves. It's, imagine that's your first experience of the town and you go, hoo-hoo, this is, I'm going to live here. This is amazing. And the very next day you go back down and it's dead calm mm. and it's flat. And suddenly your expectation mm. is challenged. You can't do the things that you did the day before. You're having to adjust and adapt to ever-changing conditions that will mm. not always be the same. But here's the great thing, that will come again. Without being too cliched about this, but like the ocean and waves no, it's and true. conditions, it will ebb, flow, it will be fantastic, it'll be pumping. You'll be doing, you know, metaphorical floaters, cutbacks, airs, whatever it is, in both aspects of your life and your surfing. But one thing is for certain, you won't hit that nirvana 
100% of the time. It's a beautiful. It's brought me so clearly onto an insight I want to share that's about how I used to operate in my surf lifestyle that was clearly to do with this clinging to joy that I did unconsciously, which is essentially the addiction. Now, I know it's a healthy addiction to surfing, but there's a real deep addiction to it where it is unhealthy, which is that it's actually now got control over you. One of the things about surfing that obviously, well, not one of the things, the thing that we love is that it brings us joy. The huge challenge in that is that what comes up must come down. But I know big wave surfers talk about this a lot because of the, the huge, huge, huge rush that they get. And there's this coming down and Led Hamilton's talked extensively. I remember seeing him on a, on a recent, um, it's a Graham Bezinger. And we'll put this in the show notes. A very, very good interview, Graham Bezinger on YouTube. He talks extensively about the depressions he'd go through with sort of the aftermath of a, of a big swell and whatever. And when I was younger, I used to use sugar as a substitute to surfing because it was this fix, this pleasure fix. And I assumed that happiness and well-being was this constant pleasure. So I would always seek pleasure in some format, in some way that was clearly not doing me any good whatsoever. And having learned what we might call grounding skills, which is one I want to come on to, it's learning that, of course, it's okay to now come down and feel more flat. It goes without saying, it's the whole point of the show, creating space for mindfulness. But it's how do you do that? And the gateway is always the breath. The breath is your grounding tool. And it might mean you then don't need to reach for that beer, for that packet of sweets, or or even for that next surf that clearly you can't fit into your day or something, whatever it might be, that is, is actually, let's say, um, insane or unconscious, that it just doesn't fit mm. into your, your life. That you can bring things back down and go, okay, well, it's okay to feel flat now because I had all this high of all these things. And I'm not going to cling to that pleasure now. I'm just going let it, to let it pass because it does. And, and this too shall pass is the old saying. Exactly that. And that's the kind of surf analogy. In, in the same way that the place that you love and adore and get the most joy out of can also be flat. So can you as a human, as a mindful surfer, as whatever you do, be flat. Doesn't mean that you can't then also be pumping. Mm. It's the same thing. It's that lack of permanence, if you like. That's fine. It's, it's accepting that, isn't it? Nothing is going to be always. It's in those moments of flat spell for you or the sea that you then realize what represents joy and good stuff. It's just recognizing that that's just a moment that will that will go. Is that a bit Dude, deep? goes deep as you want. I was going to say up my, but I didn't. I didn't do it. Didn't do it. See, I'm the B word. We're going to start calling it now. I don't know. I've got this thing about... Bum fetish. Bum bums. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm yeah. Definitely into bums, that's well, for sure. That's 50% of the Mindful Surfer crew. <laughs> Moving swiftly on. Moving on. Hey, hope you're enjoying the show. If you connect with what we do here at the Mindful Surfer, why not share it with your friends? Or go on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Because the more ratings we have, the more likely it is Liam and I can come back week after week and keep building this community of Mindful Surfers. Now... Let's get back to the show. We have segment number one. So we talk about the mindful surfer, which is this little moment. A couple of minutes just to tune in with your breathing and uh, practice what we, you know, we're talking about, right? Which is just, you know, raising your awareness. So just let's do this now. Take a deep breath in through your nose. And breathe out slowly. And deep breath in. And breathe out slowly. Now, the more that you slow down this breathing of yours, the more you'll notice how your mind slows down and your body 
all the chemicals, everything just choo, just just settles down. Or it might not straight away. If you've had a really busy day, that's okay too. Doing the breathing will, will bring you down eventually anyway. So just keep taking those deep breaths. And when you breathe out, try and breathe out as slowly as you can whilst focusing on just, just one thing. Maybe a colour or the feeling of your body. What you can see, like a shade, texture. Take in the view around you whilst taking these deep breaths. And just listen to a couple of these words. All feelings, whether in the ocean or out, they come, they have a little middle, and then they go. And that's all we need to know. The impermanence of things. Take one more deep breath in. And breathe out. Nice. One area I use deep breathing a lot uh, in the ocean is when there's either people getting into my mind, like affecting me in that way, or the size and conditions of the waves have even gone too small and weak for my liking or, or too big and powerful for my liking. So in almost every single surf I would have, I would have to go to some form of deep breathing at some point or another, just because of the... Um, constant interchanging of surfing in how crowds can pick up and then they can drop back down and how the wind can pick up and it can drop back down and how the swell can pick up. You know, this amazing constant interchanging. And what's wonderful about your breath is although everything else might be changing, you've got the breath there that you can go to that can then ground things back down to just basically accept things as they are. Do you think you've got better deep breathing having done it more now, dude? Do you think you've yeah, and I, I calming the body in a way. Definitely, I mean it's interesting. We're just going back to what we we're saying at the beginning because I, you know, I've had a very desky, let's call it a career, but it's not something I ever wanted to do. You know, I had a very, as most people will probably appreciate, listen to this, who've had that uh, path for them accidentally or otherwise kind of set out. There is a yearning, and this is what Tony talks about: a yearning to go back to roots, if you like, and move more and not sit down for X amount of hours a day. And part of that process is you kind of, uh, I'm just nicking what Tony Riddell would say, but is this rewilding of yourself mm. is going from where you were young as a younger person, if you like, to career-based. And, and it starts at school a little bit, doesn't it, with making kids sit down for six hours a day when it's just that's to me that's insanity i'll get onto that soapbox another time but just to kind of relate it to breathing is that what happens there when when you're in the sort of world of a kind of a, almost an artificial environment and you take that into a world of work where we talk about uh, results and targets and obviously there's money involved and there's kind of outcomes let's call them you get into a pattern of not only it's not only the physical side of sitting and, and having atrophy of natural muscle patterns and natural movement patterns. You then get into this point where you're also having a false cortisol, you know, that fight or flight sometimes within your sort of mindset of anxiety around whether you're doing the right thing. You're on a constant sort of uh, heightened sense of alert around what you perceive to be danger about, you know, in, in these environments, especially if it's high pressured and kind of a high tempo. And so what happens is your breathing goes from a place where it previously would have been to that sort of deep kind of belly based, you know, uh, breathing. 
into a very shallow response that is almost what you would get if you're in a situation where you're under threat. So you have to learn to deal with those things. So I guess kind of a, a long time ago, I started trying to deal with that anyway mm. from a, in a commercial environment because you're facing metaphorical waves sometimes of things, especially in different sort of crises, if you like, that come up because that's, that's what happens when you're dealing with people and corporate life. And now applying that into a sort of, you know, as we're doing, this kind of what I would say the real world of fear and uh, fight or flight, it helps greatly. And it still helps, you know, with the other hat on that uh, anybody that's got, you know, facing pressure at work would have to face. Breathing can help. It's not the solution to everything, but it certainly can ground you to put you back in a place where you, you regain a degree of composure and therefore some uh, modicum of control over the environment, of the situation that you're facing. Really nice. Do you have any yeah. examples of when you've used deep breathing? In surf. Wherever. I mean, I would always use it because I was always kind of fascinated by the kind of these box breathing techniques and that sort of thing around how do people in very, very stressful situations regain composure? And, you know, you get a lot of commentary around, you know, how snipers zero in on things and stop their body shaking almost by using deep breathing techniques. And you can sort of apply all that up to the, the sort of the world of work, the world of stress and whatever. So I use it frequently. You still forget. I think. I was going to say, so my, my thing is I definitely do. Yeah. I definitely forget all yeah. the time. And it's only when I've really... And, and then it becomes shallow. Again, yeah, and it, it's only when I've really got this yeah. stress, whoa, yeah. whether it's in the, or the, out the ocean, yeah. whoa, that I, it's like, whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa, I have not been deep yes. breathing yeah. at all for the last two hours. Yeah. I haven't even taken it. Just, and then you just sit there and just, God, just take one. Oh, completely. Oh, immediately yeah. feel so yeah. much better. Yeah. Dude, just segment one we've done. Obviously, we're going to segment two. I wanted to ask you, has there been anything on your mind-body stoke that we talk about on each week to raise the stoke levels with our minds and bodies? Completely. I mean, you might... Is there anything there you want to mention? I want to mention, this is not new news for anybody that's following the show previously. The Surfscape, we put out a little snippet of Will skating on social on Sunday evening. And that raises two things for me. Joy levels, because it's pretty, it puts a smile on your face. And from a sort of improver mentality around how to complete turns, how to generate speed, how to sort of think about your your movement once you're up on a wave. It's pure joy and it's pure progression. And so I would definitely advise anybody that's kind of looking to progress their surfing who hasn't explored these things to get on and have a go. And, so cool. And if you've got any, if there's a particular brand that you're enjoying, let us know about it. Because yeah. Will uses Carver and I've got this slide that I've nicked from my kids that's pretty brilliant. It's insanely uh, good. But, but that, alongside our Wednesday night, we do surf strength training on a Wednesday night and that's been brilliant for me. It's really good, dude. Your glutes are definitely firing way, way, way better. Yeah. Um, one thing that I've noticed though is that when you do your core work, that is already very, very, very strong and you look exceptionally strong doing that kind of work. So... That's clearly, because one of the first things I noticed about your surfing was your, your snap was your quickest, best thing, and it still is. And I'd love to have a snap like that. I'm always working at that kind of thing. It's, it's your push and core, like that, how that works really well. What you've now added to your game is, is the glutes and the hips and all yep. that stuff, because you tend to come either too high up or too low down because you use your quads as your torque generator, whereas obviously the, the most power we get as human beings from our bodies is from the glutes and from the core. So the great thing about surf skates is they really target that weakness very evidently because if someone can't do it very well, it's because they're too sort of quaddy based in their movement pattern and they're a bit too maybe sometimes upright or a bit too low. So when someone does surf skate really well and they generate power and speed very, very quickly and do these kind of talk turn, it's because their glutes are firing. So what's great about surf skates, if you, if you want to get better at surfing, obviously just, I mean, 
grab a surf skate is going to help your technique. It's also going to help you learn about how important it is to look over your shoulder and all these things and get your arm in the right place. But also, lovely side benefit is it's phenomenal for your joints because it gets you having to work them in a functional way, using all these little fibers around your hamstrings and glutes, lower back, core, obliques that wouldn't otherwise get worked like that. On that front, dude, we talk a lot about how important mindset is and how you look after your body as a surfer. And the mindset is wonderful to see in you is just how humble and open you've been to learning. Like, for example, last night, you were sort of, dare I say, looking kooky. You were just looking a bit, a bit, you were looking a little bit upright. It was just a bit awkward. It wasn't flowing. They're the words we're going to start using. Mindful words, not flowing, just a bit awkward, not going in where you want yet. And then a couple of tips, this and that, and did a bit of video. And you're like, right, cool. Next one, go again. And I could see there was this insane, not insane, that's that's insane. A sane, very sane, opposite. A very sane and just like absolute, I'm going to do this and go again and go again and repeat and go again and go and repeat. And that is the message. That message of perseverance in your surfing life is absolutely the key, no matter whether or not you're wanting to try and get barreled or whether you're trying to just even stand up on a surfboard. No matter what stage in the journey you're at, it is the constant perseverance going again and going again and going again that will help you improve. And you then question, well, why why wouldn't someone have that, what we call tenacity and grit? Well, for a lot of people, it's not what they're born with. And if they don't do well at something initially, they can start to go, oh, well, it's not meant for me. This is a load of, load of nonsense and whatever. And actually, in one way, it might be, Surfing might not be for you or barrel riding might not be for you or whatever. But in another way, and we talk about this in the show, it could well be and most probably will be a shield to the world to protect your ego from being seen. As soon as you drop that shield, as soon as you are not defined by a label of being something or someone, whatever that is, whatever your blockers are, then the real learning begins. Because it is peel, peeling back all of those layers of expectation, what you think you are, where you think you are, what you think other people think you are. If you can sort of remove all of that, they're obstacles, they're just blockers. And approach it with a, a kind of very mindful, this is not going to be easy, but I won't be at this level forever if I follow the following things. And you can apply that to any area of life, I reckon, you know, and, and it's just a case of not allowing the short-term setbacks to prevent long-term growth in yourself or your ability or your group of friends or your circle of people that you have around you. You don't have to, we say this a lot, you don't have to stand still to be mindful. Being in the moment doesn't mean you physically don't go anywhere else or have ambition or a growth mindset. It's not something, there's no static in anything in life. So just because you aren't where you want to be today doesn't mean that you can't get there. It's just about, can you build the right people around you? Can you bring in the right tools? Can you look at the right techniques to use in order to open the next door to the room that you want to go and have a look around and see what it's like in there? And then you choose, you go again if you like. And I don't think that's particular to just one person. I think if, if you have a beginner mindset, let's call it, as we've often talked about, then learning is much easier. Well said, my friend. Very well said. On that aspect of my friend, my, the friendship I have with you, which I cherish... I want to talk about that aspect of surfing. Laird had a quote from End of Summer 2. I always remember it. And it was actually a moment, spontaneity. I, I was thinking of a quote to put in from a surfer for our social media. I was thinking, mm, mm, just going through my head, can I think of any from years gone by? And Laird mentioned that he was surfing cloud break that day, ironically. It's like 10 foot. But anyway, he's narrating this passage and it's Claire talking on the video. And he says, I would rather surf two foot waves with my friends than 10 foot waves with, with strangers or what 10 foot perfection with strangers, whatever. And um, I can hand on heart say that the impact of having 
close friends where the vibe is right and everyone's sort of enjoying it in this way. Because this is where this other post came on to, is that sometimes that's not always going to be the case. We've had a number of sessions where maybe it suited me a bit more at one point, and then the other times it's maybe suited yourself more. So, you know, in surfing, surfing in, in the social sense, it's a pretty imperfect um, scenario at times. It can be a beautiful challenge, of course, as well, because we learn about each other in that way. You know, you'll have your surfing circle. Not everyone's going to want to charge big waves. Not everyone's going to want to go in small ways. So you learn your likes and dislikes over time. But there will also be these these sessions that will be the ones you remember on your deathbed, where it was a certain size, certain power, certain everything. There was no one in. And it just seemed to be that the stars aligned and you were just there with a friend or two or whatever. And you are hooting and you're hollering. It is just the most joyous thing we could do on this earth, I think. Um, there's my wife going, what about me? <laughs> and plus you, honey, plus you. Plus making love with you and hanging out with you and all these. Aside from that, uh, before I get in trouble. But... It's this thing where question I want to pay raise to that is, should we aim at that as our goal? Now, I don't think so, because spontaneity, by its very nature, you cannot control and you cannot aim for. And as soon as you do, it's ephemeral. It keeps eluding you and it keeps evading you and it will keep going further and further from you. Because the more you try and organize spontaneity of these stars aligning, certain conditions, friends, everything, the more it will evade and the more pressure you put on it. And of course, we know what pressure does means that you're creating expectations and it just never quite works out how you expect. So the skill is, how can we learn to just let all these sessions be over and over and over and just letting them be good enough because they're not going to be perfect. Conditions are going to be like X. Crowds are going to be like Y. You're going to be feeling a bit tired from being hungover or, you know, there's always going to be little variables. So how can we learn to, how can we learn to enjoy our fucking surfing is what I'm saying. But that's it. <laughs> but, it, it but it's by all the things we talk about. Yep. You are, you've, you've nailed it, haven't you? It's, it's dropping the expectation because those moments of contentment I look back sometimes and, you know, you look at your life and you say, there are some joyous moments and what invariably they all often have in common is they were unplanned and they didn't have any attachment of expectation. Those moments that you find yourself in the ocean where suddenly everything comes together is because you've entered that true mindful state almost without realising it. So true. The, the New Year's Eve syndrome springs to mind. Mm. The most planned night all year, I'm and a, most people. I, I am a Scroogey bum there you on, go. Uh, on New Year's Eve. And, and it, surely that has to be part of it. I think that's also where surf forecasting comes in. You know, oh, I've got this friend here, and I've got that friend who's off work, and look at the forecast, and it's five stars, and the weather's the warm, weather looks good, and the water's going to be, you know. And, and we build this thing, this structure in our head, and finally cuts down to actually riding waves. If it's anything less than that, we feel a bit flatter for it and a bit like, oh, never quite lived up to its expectations. So it really is about expectations and just kind of just going into each session with a stoke that you have created. I think this is where it comes back to stoke because what we do is go surfing is what makes me stoked. And yes, we are but human. You might not be feeling amazing going into the session and the session makes you feel amazing. However, other half of the game is the mind to the body. And that is I choose to be stoked as a way of operating in life in general. So that in itself means you're already just walking down the beach. I'm stoked. I'm just I'm just happy to be here. And if you can combine those two and you know, let go of expectations, but also at the same time, just stay stoked by focusing on what you have in your life. Like, for example, we have to do that here. We we don't have the most pumping waves, do we do? No, not always. In fact, we never have them. So uh, please. Please know we never, ever. Do not pump ever them come here. <laughs> to surf. No, it's true. And stoke in a way, therefore is actually, it's just gratitude for what mm. you've had. Stoke is basically all uber thank you to the surf gods, isn't it? Of just being so grateful for what it's delivered to you on that particular day. Love that.
Last segment, we're going to just go to segment three, which is our Surf Media Insights. We've got a, a little post here by Stab Magazine. I just want to bring up, and it's basically, it's the art of not trying, which of course is just a load of bullshit because it's all ego, right? So what Stab in this article have said, there is no such thing as not trying, but trying to make it look like you're not trying. That's a thing. Let's not pretend that trying only involves physical movements performed while on a wave. Trends change, which means that people too have to change if they want to stay on top of trends. That requires trying. And that's okay. Just be honest about it. So if someone's there with their shirt unbuttoned and a big beard and long hair, riding a board with no leash, wax top to tail, it's flat as you can get, 11 feet long, let's say. Let's just keep going with this, right? You know, maybe they've got a little flat white in their hand while they're riding the wave. Who knows? Made with almond milk. The list goes on and on and on and you could keep going with this. But the more hipster and the more cool and laid back and egoless, quote unquote, it is, well, it's just as much ego. Because you ain't ever going to run away from your ego. Because if you try, that's just your ego. The more egoless you try and become, the more ego that's involved. Because it loves to attach itself to an image, a label, a thing, a shield. This too true. I tell you what, someone who is brilliant for doing this with a big smile on his face for puncturing those egos and, and the absurdity of our wonderful surf life that we live as well is uh, the Raglan Surf Report. Luke is so, so good. We've got to put him in the show uh, notes. Guys, just check him out. Raglan Surf Report. That would be my surf media insight as well. I mean, Luke Siderman, he does rip as well, but he's he's very good at cutting through some of our taking ourselves as surfers very seriously or, you know, all the ego bits of it. Hilarious, dude. He's a hilarious man. He's a true legend. He is really funny. Let's round it off. That was great. Well done, guys. We'll have a guest uh, next week. Next week. We're still not sure exactly who that will be, but there will be someone coming on. It's one of two people. Depends who gets into the edit suite first. So we'll look forward to sharing that with you. But thanks for tuning in to the Elizabeth one last week as well. She's great. If you haven't checked her out, go and follow at Curvy Surfer Girl. Uh, She's a great human and just a good advert for mindful surfing. So, uh, yeah, until next week, gang. I think we're going to go and have a surf if we can get a little window we're gonna have a between little, work and little sesh. school pickups and all that sort of thing. We're going to have our classic surf that we have in this town, which is about two foot and onshore. That's how it rolls for us. We love it. Yeah. Just stay stoked. Yeah, stay stoked. Nice one, guys. See ya. See you soon. Bye.